I like you, Cooper. You're ambitious and you get results. Did Anthony ever mention Ireland? It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. Painted, as you can see on me, I painted my kitchen today. I mean, this weekend. It's paint all over me. Oh, nice. This is, I, I, I already showered. This is me after a shower. I you you know, it comes it. off with water. You scrub. A little bit. I did no. I took. Comes. I did so. I did soap and water. I did mm-hmm. a, like a, one of those loofah puff things, uh-huh. and I scrubbed it. Mm-hmm. It was twice as much as this. I still can't get this paint off of me. Mm-hmm. Paint on skin comes off with water pretty easily. Apparently not, because it's still all over me. And it was even worse earlier. I was like up and down my leg. It was everywhere. So this is well, like. Why, why would you get so much paint all over you while you're painting? Because you're supposed I'm to get painting. it on the wall, not on your legs. Okay, so here's what I did. I decided to repaint my kitchen, which is all cabinets. So we removed each cabinet door separately, and I laid them down on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I painted one side, and I flipped it over, and I painted the other side. Two coats of everything. We did like a high gloss. It's really like high tech. I mean, I'm really doing like some major stuff here. So, yeah, but I it's it gets everywhere. Did it get on the floor? No, I put a drop cloth down, but then but then it did get on the floor anyway. But mm-hmm. I'm redoing the floors, so it's okay. I'm doing a whole DIY thing here. Like I checked into the price of what it costs to have somebody else paint a gazillion your, dollars. It's so much money, mm-hmm. and you gotta buy the paint anyway. So it's like, well, I went to art school. My parents were like, What are you ever gonna do with art school? Uh save your money on a kitchen. Because I would have borrowed the money from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I painted uh, all the cabinets in my kitchen. And then when you take the doors off, you've got to do the actual cabinet part. It's a lot of work. I was surprised. I was like, this is why these people get paid so much. But then I was like, I did such a good job. I feel like this should be my new job. I should rent myself out to paint people's kitchen they make and- really good money the people that do it but the people that do it do it really well like they don't need to put tape around stuff they just do it by hand that's what i did i have tiny brushes it took me forever i like little tiny brushes that you get at michael's mm-hmm. like when you're doing an art project and i was like painstakingly painting the sides i'm telling i started this on thursday i've been painting Let's see, Thursday, Friday. I've been painting for four days straight. Okay. One kitchen. So you only painted the cupboards, the cabinets. You didn't paint the walls, just the cabinets. Uh, the walls have wallpaper on them. I'm going to leave that because I'm not even going to try to take the wallpaper off. Like, screw it. The wallpaper's good. It's staying. So I did the bathroom. I did the bathroom ceiling. I did mm. the bathroom wall. I did the bathroom door, both sides. Oh, okay, so it didn't take you four days just to do the cabinets. It took you four days to do everything else. No, no, I did the bathroom last week. That took me like a solid 24 hours. Like I started in the morning and I worked till like two o'clock in the morning. Like I took a break to do the show with you and went back to painting. So Mm -hmm. that was last week. This is taking me four days to do do cabinets. To do cabinets. Remember, my kitchen's tiny. It's four by four. It's not like I have a big, huge kitchen. Yeah. So you should see it. It actually looks really good. I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> that should have taken maybe two, three hours max. I know that's going to be the downside. So if I do start this as a business, I'm going to touch, like charge a tiny bit of money because it's going to take me a long time. They're mm. going to be like, wow, this girl is still painting my kitchen. Like we have 
renovated the entire apartment. We've gut renovated everything. And she's still painting the damn kitchen. Yeah, you should you should watch professional painters, how fast they paint a room. It's 20, 30 seconds max. They got the whole well, room painted. Yeah, well, it's crazy. Because they do the spray stuff. They have that spray no, gun No, they thing. do it. They do it by the, the, the brush. They do it very fast. It's very good, very fast. That's the only way they make money is they have to do one room in 30 minutes. 30 minutes? Yeah, it's so fast. So, yeah, but that's, there's no way no, you're no, making but that, money. That's, that's only one coat. The problem is you do, yeah, 30 minutes for one coat. Then you got to wait two to four hours for it to dry to do the then it's another 30 minutes so we're talking five hours max before lunch the whole room is done you took four days for four by four cabinets it's a good point and i'm still not done i still have one more one more coat on these two cabinets you're still not done i'm still not done this could be a week I think I can finish by the end of the day today, but then, okay, so so we took the cabinets off, right? We undid all the hinges and took it off. My boyfriend's like, these hinges are gross. They're old. They're from like the original cabinetry. Mm. They don't match at all now because they're this weird like brown brassy color and I have this bright blue like shiny. He's like, we need new hinges. So we went to like four stores today to look for hinges. We can't find anything that fits in our kitchen. Hinges are hinges. They're not. They're, they're just regular. Nope. No. Nope. That's uh uh-huh, That's what you would think. Mm-hmm. They are not actually. They're different. The ones we have open out. There's some that go inside. I'm telling you this. I had no idea. I was like, yeah, go buy hinges. I just bought ones that I liked. They don't fit. They don't fit the door. They don't fit anything. So See, I had to go back again. I'm telling you, it's. It's hard for people- me. It's hard for me to understand or believe you i should say because (laughs) everything that you do is drama (laughs) everything you can't if you went to the lobby of your apartment right now so you got Mm -hmm. you left your your apartment you got in the elevator and went down to the lobby there would be some type of drama it's funny you would say that because they have a very no no they have a very strict rule in my building about you have to have a mask on in the building mm-hmm. and you're only allowed two people at a time in the elevator because the elevators are really tiny right so as I was going down the elevator stopped on the second floor like first of all bitch you can't take the stairs one flight come on so it was this woman and her two kids mm-hmm. and the kids were like I don't know you, you know me I don't know how old kids are i don't know if they're 16 or six or 33 i have no idea Mm -hmm. um but they were so they're standing there and they didn't have masks and there were three of them and one of me and it's two people per elevator she starts to come on and i said hang on a second first of all no masks she goes we have masks i said not on your face you don't like okay they're in your pocket like great they're not on your face and it's one floor take the stairs Mm mm-hmm so um, the door closes as I was going, take the stairs, bitch, like one floor. I found out later from my boyfriend that she's the wife of my boyfriend's friend. <laughs> so oh, no. apparently, yeah. So apparently they've been talking crap about me. See, see how I say you can't go downstairs without <laughs> drama. So for me to believe I went to four places and couldn't find hinges for a cabinet, it's kind of hard to believe. I would say that normally, yes, I would agree with you. It does sound hard to believe, except I took my boyfriend with me. 
who is really good. He's very DIY. Like he put our entire bathroom together. He's really mm. good. He's the one that we went to four different places. I went to Home Depot. I'm like, these hinges are great. He's like, those are the wrong size. They don't fit. They have too many holes. They had it had nothing but problems. So yeah, no, apparently hinges are not all not all the same. A hinge is not a hinge. If there was only some place like maybe Amazon that one could go to to find <laughs> such hinges and have them sent directly to your house, so you don't even have to go out and get that drama. They come right, right to your house. Very good point. We should probably when we get off the air, I think I will go ahead and go find some hinges on Amazon. Every person standing here in this room is living on the brink of financial ruin. It's the Cooper and Anthony show. We all know the Alec Baldwin story by now, what happened, how horrible the tragedy is. There's actually a guy who runs the prop department on movie studios and he's putting out his two cents what he thinks about it so a lot of people have been wanting to hear my take on the uh incident on the set of the movie rust and i've been a little hesitant because i didn't want to make speculations there wasn't much information and i really wanted some more information to come out now they're having right. some court documents released uh and i believe i can discuss the protocols that were breached which led to mm. uh the firearm killing cinematographer helena hutchins and injuring director Joel Souza. For starters, my heart goes out to the Hutchins family, Joel Souza, and the entire crew. So one thing that's bugging me from all the articles is they keep talking about a misfire. Misfire three days before the incident, uh, the incident was a misfire. Well, a misfire is when a gun doesn't fire. If it, uh, what actually happened would be accidental discharge. First and foremost, most important protocol is no live ammo on the side. Right. Mm -hmm. No live rounds. A live mm. round is a cartridge with a slug in it, a bullet that can kill someone. It appears right. that rule was breached. And next, once you have your cart set up with your guns, you do not leave it unintended. You always have someone with their eyes on it from your department. Yes. Um, from what I've read, the first assistant director walked outside of the set to the weapons cart and grabbed one of three weapons that were sitting there on a cart that was unattended. Mm. That's a breach. And <gasps> the next breach in protocol is the first AD grabbing a gun. No one should grab a gun except the armor or the prop master. They were right, using Western of revolvers. And when we do that, we use real revolvers. And we use blanks for when there's gunfire. And then we use dummy rounds. You shake them, there are BBs inside where black powder normally would be. It's my understanding that it was a close-up on Alec Baldwin's revolver mm -hmm. as he mm -hmm. pulls it out of his holster and cocks it as he's pointing it at the camera. And since the oh. camera's looking right down the barrel of the revolver, right. you've got to have dummy bullets in the cylinder. And if you're following protocol, you would take your dummy rounds into the set with an empty gun. You go to the first assistant director, clear the gun first. You run a rod through the barrel to where they see the orange tip come out huh. the other end of the barrel. They know that it's clear. Oh. Then you show them all the cylinder holes. They're empty. The gun is clear. Mm -hmm. And the dummy rounds to the assistant director. Right, because you protect yourself that way. One. That's smart. Here's the BBs, hands you around. You put it in the gun the same way for all six. It's ultimately on the first assistant director to confirm that that gun is safe. Yeah. But none of that happened. The first AD grabbed the gun off the cart, goes inside, hands it to Alec Baldwin, and says, cold gun. And Ugh. unfortunately, you probably know the rest. And again, my heart right. goes out to everyone involved in this tragedy. 
Right. The first AD is the one that grabbed the yeah, gun and said cold gun, which means uh, ready to be shot, ready to be used. Alec Baldwin couldn't have known what was going on. He just has to rely on the armorer and the prop master. Mm. And we've since heard that this particular AD is known as somebody that has been unsafe on sets before. And all these people are coming out who've worked with him and said, hey, hang on a minute. I didn't realize it was this guy. Let me tell you what happened on the set that I worked on with him. And everybody has a story about that. This guy is just like really cantankerous and footloose and fancy free and not doing anything by protocol, um, which is really shocking because if you think of it like this, okay, as somebody who has spent a minimal amount of time on movie sets, Mm. the one thing I did notice immediately, everybody is like, super duper professional like they go out of their way to be really respectful of each other and work really hard and and make sure their work their hard work gets noticed because the only way they're going to work again is if the people around them recognize that they're hard workers and they go you know i'm gonna do another film in six months you should come along that's a lot of how the work happens Mm -hmm. they say you know what you work really hard you're really awesome why don't you come and they they take the whole crew with them um Also, these people are all trying really hard to win awards. So whether it's a film or a TV show, they're always trying to win awards within their industry, like cinematographer awards or camera awards. And then the larger awards that we know about, like, you know, Emmys and that sort of thing. So it's really unusual to have an AD who's so haphazard and willy nilly and doesn't doesn't care about safety. Yeah, I wonder if because this was an indie film, if a lot of things weren't followed, like if it was a major motion picture. I'm sure that had something to do with it in terms of the the people that were working on the film. Because, again, like, you know, if it's a Spielberg film, you Mm. know, he has the best of the best of everybody, like the armorer, the prop master. These are the people that have done props but that's what i'm saying these are people he's worked with before that he knows he can trust they bring the same people with them usually um i I mean independent film it's still union for the most part you know you're not going to get a bunch of people off the street like hey you want to handle a gun sure show me what a gun is Mm -hmm. it's just that's just not how it works in that industry but it might be the reason why this a this first ad who's known as being sort of loosey-goosey got the job because he was probably willing to work for less. It's an independent film. So there's definitely some aspect of it there. But again, it's still union. If you do not wish to participate, then please let us know at this time. It's the Cooper and Anthony show. Halloween movies that you can watch more than once. So you tell me if you love it, not Mm -hmm. my thing, never seen it. Okay. Hocus Pocus. Love it. All right. We have uh, 62% of people said love it. 16% never seen it. Uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. I've seen it. I can't watch it over and over. I I, I find it a little tedious. So I'm indifferent, maybe. Yeah, I'm indifferent. All right. That's uh, 20% of people were indifferent. 63 said so good all right the first adams family oh oh oh, i I mean i could watch that every single day for the rest of my life i love that movie me too 63 percent said amazing so i'll agree with you on that beetlejuice (sighs) 
you know, there was a time I could have watched it every day. I'm a little sick of it. And then they also did the Broadway play, which was good, but it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of a classic. Not my thing or I'm indifferent. I used to love it. Maybe now I'm indifferent. No, no, I'll say indifferent. 56% love it. 14% uh, I'm indifferent. 20% never seen it. Oh. <gasps> How could you not have seen Beetlejuice? I don't know. Edward Scissorhands. I could watch it over and over and over. It's the greatest movie ever. All right. So 52% said love it. 22% never seen it. How about Scream? I could watch it over and over and over. And I have watched the whole. <laughs> and it's so funny. I'm looking for the entire Scream series now. The only way you can get it is if you're willing to pay for it on Prime. Nobody's mm. offering that for free. Thought I saw it the other day. Or that could have been something else. Uh, so good, forty-four percent. Never seen it, twenty-nine percent. No, that you know, I, I call bullshit on that. Scream is every generation. I don't care if you're Gen Z, Millennial, Gen X. We all thirty percent of Scream. people have not seen it. I, the, pff, no way. The Shining. Um, I know that that is on everyone's list as the number one horror film of all time. I know it's really well written. It's a classic. Indifferent or uh, hell no? Uh, no, I'm going to go indifferent. indifferent. No, it's not, it's, it's not a hell no. I just, I don't know. I, I've i seen it enough times that it just, it gets boring. 33% never seen it. See, that's people that are not into horror films. If you've never seen The Shining, then you're not into horror films. That's a, that's a real important film to see. All right. What about it? Um... I have never seen it. Never. I, I saw I've it. never seen it. I, I, well, <laughs> I saw it at the movie theater. So there you go. Caroline. Caroline. Yeah. It's Cor- Coraline. Coraline. Sorry. Coraline. Okay, yeah. Coraline. Yeah, well, yeah. Love Coraline. All right. Let me do it again. Coraline. Love, 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 love. Okay. Can watch it every You're day. You're going to say my fave. Not my fave, but I do love it. All right. Never seen it. 26%. I'm one of those. Um, the Witches. I don't know what that is. Hmm. Never seen it. Yeah. Never seen it. So there you go. Uh, 54%. Never seen it. Okay. So it's just us. Good. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Carrie. Uh, yeah, I like Carrie. Not my favorite or love it. Um, You know... There's parts of it that I love. You know, Carrie the Musical on Broadway. This is so funny. It has a historic um, fact about it and that it's the shortest running show on Broadway ever. It <laughs> opened and closed the same night. Really? Mm-hmm. The night it opened was it was the only night that it was ever on Broadway. One night and that was it. All right. We'll say I'm indifferent on that. Uh, 13% I'm indifferent. 32% love it. 40% never saw it. I can um, see that. Yeah, it's an old movie. It's like from the seventies. I know, but there's boobies in it, so right. And the thing that. is, there's so many references to it in so many things, like Family Guy and other movies. So you kind of feel like you should know it. All right. What about The Conjuring? Oh, <gasps> that's one of my, that series is my favorite ever. Yeah, so good. So forty-one percent, so good. Forty-one percent never seen it. Hmm. The Corpse Bride. 
Oh, it's my boyfriend's favorite. He loves, loves, uh, loves uh, all those. Yeah. Uh, Anything that's animated like that. Oh, he loves it. I've never seen it. So 54% love it. 26% never seen it. Mm-hmm. How about Sleepy Hollow? Never seen it. Never seen it. I think I saw it, but I really didn't care. 43% never seen it. Blair Witch Project. I didn't like it. I loved it. Not my thing. I will say ew. Uh, loved it 18%. It Ew, 20% and 46%. Never seen it. And last but not least, I know what you're going to say. The Exorcist. Don't like it. You're going to say yuck. Amazing, 29%. Never seen it. 44, yuck, 13%. Wow. So I'm in a minority saying The Exorcist is a yuck. It's a good movie. Scared the crap out of me. Blair Witch Project scared the crap out of me. Well, the Blair Witch Project did scare the crap out of me because I saw it in a film festival early on before we even knew that it was bullshit. Like we thought it was. Remember, they were pitching it like it was Mm -hmm. a documentary and these people. It's actually happened to these people. And then they went missing and everything. It scared me so much that I remember the car ride home my legs were still shaking (laughs) like my legs were literally shaking i was like that was the scariest thing ever (laughs) i watched it in somebody's basement and slept in that basement by myself so i turned the movie off (laughs) and had to sleep in the basement it was the worst night of my life (laughs) you know it was a it was a really scary movie i really liked how scary it was but then once you found out that the whole thing was crap and then the more they started promoting it then you got to know the filmmaker and everybody in it you're like these people are idiots (laughs) and you're like no thank you we're in hell here there's no rules in hell We'll be killing everyone if we want that money. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. Okay, well, uh, for all of us that have cheated death, this is one of the most interesting and amazing stories about cheating death. This blows my mind. There's a little girl named Alexis Goggins. She's seven years old, okay? She had to save her mom from some crazy dude. She did it by jumping in front of him and taking six bullets point blank, including a couple to the head. The her little mom, girl did? The little girl did. What happened was the girl... The mother's boyfriend had taken the little girl and the mom hostage, and they called 911. They got a chance to get to the phone, and 911 said, we're, we're really, you know, we're swamped right now. We'll get there when we can, because she basically said, you know, we're being held hostage here. And I guess there were other priorities, and they didn't realize uh, a seven-year-old being held at gunpoint should be your priority. Anyway, so 911 didn't come immediately, and the guy started shooting, and he got two bullets off, and the little girl jumped in front of the bullets and took six bullets. And she lived. I don't even know what to say about that. She, it's amazing. She lived. She lived and she recovered. It's, it's just amazing that at seven years old, she was shot six times. And, you know, I mean, except for like, you know, entry wounds and that kind of thing. She didn't have an, no major organs. She, I mean, the fact that she got shot in the head and nothing. It's amazing. It's just it's an amazing story. Piano wires going to be coming after her. so that talk about talk about cheating death wow um so have you cheated death if you have eight seven seven six cooper is the number to call and tell your story dara you've cheated death hi miss cooper yes now what happened to you dara when i was 13 years old my mother gathered up all the kids six of us Mm -hmm. and we went to the local campground area where the kids camped Mm-hmm. And we went swimming. The public could go in at four o'clock, and the camp kids would go out to another class. Mm-hmm. 
we well, there was about 50 of us in that pool that day. And my mother told my oldest sister, said, where's Dara? Well, guess where Dara was at? Where were you? Drowning. I Exactly. I had went to the side of the pool in the five-foot area and was shoving myself off from the side of the pool to turn over on my stomach to swim. And this boy, 90 pounds, jumped off the side of the pool, wrapped his legs around my waist, and held me under. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Chad. My, my mother hollered, where's Dara? My sister just happened to turn around and see me flat failing underwater. He, she went over there and pulled him off of me. And when I come up, Cooper, I was I was breathing water. Shut the front door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it yeah. Chad Bauer? Never got to go back to that campground and go swimming ever again. I can't. And the little and the thing is, the little boy actually, the little boy almost killed you. Nearly almost killed me, Cooper. Was his name Jason? Yeah, Jason. But for for real, Cooper, it really happened. I'm I'm glad you're here to tell the tale, Dara. I'm glad he didn't kill you that day. Well, see, all the mean things that Chad did to his sister, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he did that to somebody else. Yeah, that sounds like a Chad move. Right? <laughs> Come on, now. Totally sounds like a yeah, Chad his move. His sister, he did he did things like that to his sister. Ah, the did the kid let me hold her under? Huh? Right? Yeah, I could totally see it. No, yeah. I'm I'm very kind and gentle. <laughs> now, Kim, you didn't just cheat death once. You cheated death three times. Well. I have three little stories about myself or my son, and um, I got, you can pick. One yeah. was, uh, when my son was watering uh, flowers at his grandparents' house mm-hmm. with his sister, so Kyle was three, his sister's four, and I was moving a sprinkler, and in a flash of a moment, I took my eyes off, and he went under the water because the weight of the watering can uh, was disproportional to his little body weight, and he fell right into the bottom of the pool. <gasps> and I looked around, and his sibling was saying, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. <laughs> so I said, Ashley, where's Kyle? <sighs> looking around, looking around, looking around. And then she moved closer to the pool, and she was pointing down to the pool. And I looked down. There was the little boy bubbles just you know, <gasps> up to the deep end of the pool, and of course I jumped in, and I think that happens to a lot of parents jumping into the to the pool when they're... So you didn't even cold. think at that point, you just jump right in? Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, that, I mean, that's good. Most parents would panic. It's good that you just reacted. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was a good deal. Is the, is the little boy okay now? Oh, yeah, he's okay, perfectly good. perfect. In fact, he's just, he's just cheated just several times. <laughs> <laughs> And what's another one? What happened to you? Well, um, I lived in Tehran, Iran for uh, three years. Mm-hmm. While the Shah was in um, power. And uh, shortly before that, it became a little unsafe. But I was unaware of that as a teenager. And so to make a long story short, uh, I ventured off um, one evening. Uh, instead of taking a cab from the military base back mm-hmm. to home, I, um, I, I started to walk. Uh-huh. And I thought to myself, I know it's a little late, so I'll jog for a period, and then I'll, I'll walk for a period when it, where there was lights. And so mm-hmm. to make a long story short, while I was walking um, out of the dark, right underneath the street light, somebody grabbed my arm. <gasps> and I thought to myself, I am a big tomboy. I can um, kick him, you know, where you're supposed to. Or right. I can bite him. I could do all this stuff. And as I did that and I struggled, and I always thought of myself as an athlete, mm-hmm. 
uh, at 14. I, uh, I was a bit of a tomboy. The more I struggled, the harder his grip got on my arm. <gasps> Almost to the fact like I could feel his fingernails and tips just bearing down. And my, oh, my My gosh. knees started to um, buckle a little bit, and I thought, this is it. My parents didn't know that I'm walking. I'm in a foreign country. And then about that time, a little foreign Peugeot went past pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I was screaming at the time. I was um, just basically running through thoughts of my life. Right, <laughs> uh, right. Struggling. And then all of a sudden, just by mercy, um, all of a sudden I heard that, <laughs> that little <gasps> car heading in reverse. And he shouts out something in Persian to this guy, and it started him enough to let go of that grip. And when he did, I took my elbow backwards, and I started to run as fast as I could. And I ran, and I ran, and I ran. And there in Iran, you might not know, but every home has um, a wall. Mm-hmm. And it's either cement six feet high, or there's a stake post, like wrought iron stake post mm-hmm. with points. Well, mine had one of both, and so I jumped and hurdled the um, waist-high mm-hmm. portion of the fence that was cement, hurled myself over the, the wrought iron stakes in the oh, yard, <laughs> and oh. scuttled up the roof. I didn't even bother going into the door because I didn't even want to wait for the door handle, but that was the scariest uh, moment in my life, and bottom line is that um, a few months later, my dad said, uh, we just got a warning from our company that there's been some um, possible abductions, so <gasps> you be careful, Kim. God, and did you get close. I was like, okay, not <laughs> do I fess up, or uh, I tell him, uh, I really messed up, and guess what, but wow. I didn't do it exactly. <laughs> wow, that's an amazing <laughs> story, so Kim. Yeah, I was, I was really blessed I didn't. I, it was a goner if that guy hadn't come back. I don't know where I'd I, I mean, really, you can't, and just, you must, in your mind, think about all the possibilities, all the things that could have happened. could have happened yeah, if that so car didn't come by. Kim 2, death zero. Oh. That's the score there. Coming hey. after you. <laughs> Hi, Wilma. Hey. Now, Wilma, did you have a, a, a cheating death experience? I sure did. What happened? I was about 10 years old, and I'm an older lady. And uh, we were on a field trip at Robin Wood Lake in Gastonia. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was pretty bad about fainting, so I don't know if that's what happened or not. I don't remember even going into the water at the lake. Mm-hmm. But I came to under the tower, under the pier, going out to the tall tower. I fought my way out of there and got out under, from under the pier. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was trying to get out of the water, and one of my friends came up. She thought I was playing. Mm-hmm. I was grabbing for her. I guess if I could have got hold of her, we would have both drowned. Right. But uh, uh, I, she got away from me, and I fought my way out of there and got out on the shore, and no one ever knew that I just about drowned. <sighs> I never told anyone. Wow. Uh, and to this day, I don't swim. Isn't that amazing? So so that could have been a situation that not only would you have drowned, you would have been missing. Nobody would have known where to look for you. Uh, that's right. Uh, there, there's no way because I don't even know where the teacher was. Oh, man. But uh, like I say, I don't swim to this day. I can get in a bathtub with 
uh, full of water to take a bath instead of a shower. Now, I can take a shower. doesn't bother me. But if I sit down in the bathtub... And even move, that? Even that. I even with like a ducky? Like, even if you have a rubber ducky? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm drowning. And wow. I have to sit there and convince myself that I am not going to drown. Right. Well, I mean, you know, the bathtub... So do you not fill it up as much when you go in the bathtub? Because if, if you just fill it up less? Uh that's just the problem. You just don't I even want to sit down. <laughs> so showers for you from here on in. That's it. It's all that's about right. showers for Wilma. Wilma, yeah. thank you. <laughs> of course. What took you so long? I haven't had a bath in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Neither is Cooper. <laughs> Neither have I, but, you know, at least Wilma showers. <laughs> so have you cheated death? If so, I'd love to hear about it. 877-6-COOPER. Hey, Joe. Hey. Now, Joe, what happened to you? Well, actually, there were two different times, but the the, the biggest one was when I had just gotten out of the Navy. Mm-hmm. I had gotten a job at a convenience store or at a gas station as a cashier, and a guy came into the store with pantyhose pulled over his face. No, that's so cliche. Yeah, and I ended up thinking, I think I said something like, hey, that's not funny. Uh, you or thought he was joking because like it was so cliche, so you thought he was yeah. kidding. Mm-hmm. He pulled out a gun, and he was about five foot away, and he shot at my face. Oh! Apparently what happened is the gunpowder hit me in the left eye and knocked me down to the ground, and I thought I was dead. And then I reached up, and I was feeling my face where where it had hit. It felt like a horse kicked me in the eye. (gasps) And there wasn't blood. So I was thinking, wow, this guy shot me with a blank. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking, well, maybe I'll get up and kick the crap out of him because mm-hmm. I just got out of the Navy. I'm very motivated. I was very big. Right. And, uh, well, I decided against that. <laughs> I just figured I'd lay down and fake dead. Well, they, the manager, they pulled him out of the bathroom where he was hiding, and they shot him in the stomach <gasps> he lived. He ended up getting up and running and went out the front door, and they chased him. God, my hands are shaking as I'm saying this. <laughs> well, the police came because I hit the alarm. And I was telling them that I think they were shooting blanks. I had a nice shiner on my eye. Mm-hmm. And the other, I guess, one of the guy, one of the officers with these long forceps pulled a thirty-eight slug out of the lottery machine, and that was the bullet <gasps> that was right behind the gunpowder that hit me in the eye. Oh, oh man. They said that a, a thirty-eight is kind of weird, that sometimes the bullets will swerve while they're going through the air. Mm-hmm. And he says a one in a million shot that that bullet wasn't right behind the gunpowder. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that was really weird. And then when I was a kid, I was only like seven. I'm still shaking from that story. Oh, yeah, I was. Wow, that's a real cheating death story. Did they get the guys? Did they get the guys? Uh, No, actually what happened is uh, about 20 minutes later, they went to a Taco Bell, which was maybe three miles away. And they killed a 17-year-old kid when they were robbing that place. Oh, my God. Yeah. And wow. as far as I know, they never caught him because they never came back to me and, mm-hmm. and told me anything. So. Wow. That's really some story. That's really frightening. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. But, you know, after that, I kind of, things don't bother me so much. I figure I'm living on borrowed time anyway. Yeah, I've been, shot in, the, I've been yeah. shot in the face. I can do about anything. Right. Yeah, yeah that changes your perspective for sure. Yeah, almost a uh, immortality kind of feeling. You know? Right, right. Joe, uh, thank you for calling and telling us a story, and I'm wow. really glad that you're here to tell that story. Shot in the face. Shot in the face and lived to tell it. And that's a man right there. Yeah, that's a real man. Well done, I almost want to say. 
<laughs> I'd never leave the house. <laughs> okay, so are you somebody who has cheated death? Now, Rebecca. Yes. Now, Rebecca, you had the same experience I did. It was horrible. Tell me. <laughs> Went out on a uh, three-day, actually, boat cruise. Started up in D.C. with my boyfriend, who told me he knew how to captain the boat. Went down, got to the mouth of the Rappahannock, and... I was up on top of the boat with him and went downstairs to make sandwiches, close the, um, like, apartment area. Mm -hmm. In minutes, like, less, I didn't even finish making the sandwiches. The boat is tossing, everything's coming off of the shelves. I look out, and the sunshine's gone. It's pitch black, and the boat's going up and down. My boyfriend's at the top of the boat, screaming for me at the top of his lungs. And I was like, what? Where do we go when I went downstairs? And it was horrible. And the, the waves were so high, it looked like the perfect storm. The boat went down. Oh, thank you, 40, Rebecca. 47-foot boat, and we were terrified. We almost died. I mean, water was coming onto the back. Mm -hmm. I was afraid to open the apartment. And he's upstairs screaming. He cannot swim. So <sighs> I'm thinking, oh, my God, I have to go up. You could drown. So I grabbed life preservers and just held on for my dear life. Water comes pouring in the apartment. I went up the stairs. Hold on. I'm just terrified looking around like, what? What happened? Mm -hmm. The GPS went out. The compass that was downstairs was broken. Mm -hmm. Could not see land anywhere. And I said, how do we get so far out? What happened? Where are the markers? We couldn't see it. And... So I put You couldn't even see land at that point? You must have been terrified. No, we couldn't see anything. All I saw was going, the boat going up and down and up and down and practically spinning. And some kind of southeasterly wind came in and changed the direction from, of the water and everything. So I held on, and he said, what are we going to do? And I said, well, you're going to have to steer, and I'm going to call the Coast Guard. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I think he was so terrified. He said, no, don't call the Coast Guard. I'm like, you're crazy. So I went downstairs, called the Coast Guard. It took him 45 minutes to find us. <gasps> so during that whole time, I just literally, I just said, please, God, don't let us drown. And I tried to stay calm and held on to him while he was steering. We sat up on top of there, and I'm telling you, we were drenched. The boat was all wet. Everything was, you know, thrown inside. And when the Coast Guard found us, you know, the, it was so stormy, we could hardly see the boat, and they mm -hmm. saw us. We didn't have any, the flares had gotten, uh, I don't know if they broke or something happened. Mm -hmm. So they came on board, and all they're worried about is, did we uh, have any, like, traffic, illegal things going on? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was so mad. But they got us to land by, we had to follow this little Coast Guard boat. Wow. And it was just, it didn't stop. And there, you know, they came on board. Um, they saw that water was coming on, so that's the only reason that they save you. You have to tell them water's coming on board, otherwise you're on Well, we were completely capsized. I'm convinced now, after talking to you, Rebecca, that there's a part of the Chesapeake Bay that's like the Bermuda Triangle. It is. It was controlled yeah. by aliens. Yeah, it was a beautiful day, all of a sudden, storm. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Rebecca, so. I'm so glad you tell you, you live to tell us. So did you cheat death? 877 cooper Hey, John. Hey, how you doing? I had uh, I have about five. Uh, I would classify them as stupid human things you do and you still survive. <laughs> so Darwin was wrong. What happened? That yeah, I, I mean he tried, but uh, 
Yeah, the first time I was about 14, mm-hmm. and I was with a bunch of Boy Scouts, and we were running down the side of a mountain. You know, there's a lot of roots and things like that, but we weren't paying attention. We were indestructible. Mm-hmm. So I'm running, and I hit a root, and I start falling, and the, and the slope is enough where I don't hit the ground. I keep flying about a foot and a half above the ground, which was kind of cool. But then I said, you know what? This could change. So I started putting my arms and legs out and just scraped the heck out of them. Right. Finally stopped on my nose, and then I crawled forward about six inches, and there's like a 300-foot drop right <gasps> after I almost fell right over. You almost yeah. fell off a cliff. Yeah, almost, yeah I kind of half fell off a cliff, and then, <gasps> yeah, then, then survived to do more stupid things. Like, <laughs> I, was, I, went, I went on a spelunking expedition, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of cavers. Mm-hmm. It was real amateur. It was like a low-rent cave in New Mexico. Right. And, uh, it was really some guy's basement. You stuck your head in a bowl of water. <laughs> it was close, though. It was close. We were going, we were crawling through these tunnels that were only like a foot and a half wide. Mm-hmm. You know, there all sorts of dust and bat guano and stuff like that. We were wearing the helmets with the lights on them. Right. Well, there's this, there's this hole in there. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go in that hole. Duh. So I climb <laughs> in, and all of a sudden, the hole collapses around me, and I'm buried <gasps> up my waist in rocks. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? My buddies probably can't get me out. And they'll just have to leave me to die there. Oh, my gosh. You actually had that thought? Yeah. I mean, I flashed my mind because I was pretty deep in the earth, about 100 feet under the earth. Right. Well, fortunately, it was kind of loose gravel, and I was able to really slowly, like, pick my way out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I swore never to do that again. Then I worked in an aluminum factory. Yeah. And I got really cavalier about climbing ladders. And I forgot to wear my hard hat. And I climbed real fast, and there's a piece of angle iron sticking out. Mm-hmm. It hit me right in the head and knocked me out. Whoa! Do you have that adventure gene? Is that what it is? Because you would think you would have learned from those other mistakes. Oh, and I didn't even tell you about <laughs> times either. But, uh, but what happened is I woke up hanging on by one arm, and there's a molten aluminum furnace right below me. <gasps> yeah, so I mean, I've cheated. So you almost fell times. into a molten aluminum furnace. You could have been boiled. Oh, it would have been a horrible death because I would have fallen like halfway in. So I would have been still alive for about a oh! minute. Oh, yeah. You got to think of it this way. If you, ha- if, you almost, if you fell off that cliff, none of those other things would have happened to you. Well, that's right. You know, there must be some purpose. I'm going to find some kind of cure, maybe polio or something. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, what already what? beat me out. Right. Yeah, what are you doing now for a living? Uh, I work I work in industrial automation. I work around a lot of high voltage, and oh. I'm pretty cavalier about it. Can mm. you please have your boss call us, because we need to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he realizes who he's dealing with. Right. <laughs> what does this wire do? I don't know. <laughs> well, try putting it in your mouth. Okay. <laughs> John? John? <laughs> I'll do it again. <laughs> Oh, man. Thanks, John. <laughs> hey, Matthew. Hi. How are now, you? Now, Matthew, you almost cheated death also, huh? What happened to you? Um, it was actually three years ago as of two Saturdays ago. I actually keep track of it because it was, it was a big thing for me. What happened? Um, I was a shift manager for a large uh, fast food chain, and I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. And mm-hmm. three years ago was a bad year for everybody in fast food in Greenville. Mm-hmm. Because there were about 20 different places they got hit by the same same gang. Oh, wow. And in at least one of them, uh, they took the people to the back, put them in the freezer, and shot them all. <gasps> and I had the fun distinction of being in the first. 
store that they went to. Kidding me. And so uh, it was uh, late on a Saturday night, and I was there with the assistant manager, who was technically my boss, but it was my shift. And we were in the office counting the money at over $1,000 sitting on the counter. And I heard the kitchen door creak. And so I, I turned and looked up, and two guys were running through the kitchen. Uh, they were wearing hoodies. Uh, yeah, they were wearing hoodies and masks. Um, both of them were carrying pistols. And they ran to the door, and they were about five feet away. And they said, put your hands up. And, you know, everyone always thinks, what would I do in a situation right. like that? Right. Well, I know. Uh, I did the exactly wrong thing, and I slammed the door in their faces. Oh. Really? That's they an interesting all, reaction. Hand them money and make them a hamburger. Well, Give I, them I, whatever I, they I, want. Uh, make no mistake, if anyone out there is listening and has a job like that, give them the money. Right. Don't even question it. Give them the money. Give them the money and save your life. Your boss is going to tell you that, too. So wait, oh, so you oh, closed... Yeah, I got chewed out. I got chewed out. But what was interesting was that door, uh, cheapest plywood you could find. It wasn't even glass in the big window that took up half the door. It was cheap plastic. Mm-hmm. There is no reason in the world why those guys didn't shoot me. Because they did it to others. And they just didn't shoot me. And one looked at the other and said, let's go. And they both ran out the door. Wow. Isn't that interesting that, that a door like that stopped them, yet the next place they hit, they killed everybody? I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, if nothing else, I believe in God, and I know he protected me that night. Right. You saved the hamburgers. <laughs> and more importantly, well, I, yeah. Well, <laughs> even, if, even if I had survived, I would have lost my job if they took the money, because there's, in essence, we let someone go early, and she may have left the door open, and that's probably how they got in. So we broke procedure and would have been fired if we had lived. So I'm happy I saved my job, too. What, that, that's a fascinating story, Matthew, because, like you said, the next place they hit, they figured they, out that they, did, they weren't going to wait. Thank you for saving the hamburgers. <laughs> they, they, they hit just about every single restaurant in the Greenville-Spartanburg area. Every fast food restaurant in two different companies. They, they nailed them all. I'm glad oh. you're al- Thank you, Matthew. Thank you for calling and telling us that. Wow.